Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the NXT 2.0 review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture. Michael Hamflot, Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT 2.0, but also turn out raw from baby, as well as pay-per-views premium live events. Interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a money quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review NXT and all the fallout Michael Hamlet from In Your House. Another week, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I had just the right amount of, um, so here's the thing, right? I had just the right amount of the usual NXT 2.0 schlock. There was plenty of it. There was loads of things happening that I couldn't wait for, like you specifically to recap on today's podcast. And for the second week in a row, and I guess the third show in a row, based on a couple of bits on In Your House as well, like decent wrestling that was actually entertaining, decent wrestling rather than just decent wrestling happening in front of you. At least two matches on this show that I thought were like way above the average standard of what you would expect from the developmental brand with nothing on the card that I can think of. That's I'm probably reminding this. Nothing that was one of them, oh, this is developmental on telly, really Mm. embarrassing. Not at all bad. And But like as long as they keep the garbage in there, we'll be fine. Like, don't, yeah, need don't a bit of that. get overexcited with the decent stuff. Like, the schlock is really important to the overall enjoyment. Three quarters of the two matches that I believe you're referring to were worked by wrestlers with prior independence yeah. and experience. <laughs> <laughs> you would have seen this coming. Which absolutely says it all. Um, yeah, it, was, it was all right. <laughs> there was, yeah, there was a bit on this show when I thought, because often I throw to you, it's a bit of a hospital pass, granted, where I go like, oh, Sid, what do you reckon to this match? And you just look at me like, I don't know what you want to say about this. Like, it was a three-star, four-minute match. You've done, you've told us what the finish was. Uh, what more analysis can I give? But when they went, here's Nathan Fraser and here's Santos Escobar, I thought, oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> yep. well, Sid, you'll like this one, unsurprisingly. But, yeah, that's because of the reasons you just pointed out there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's... Basically, what happens nowadays? It's that, it's that. It's what we talked about the other week. It's that like the people that think they want the like the BBC level like journalism until they actually get it. So yes, as Wilborn recap, that was the recap, and that's what <laughs> happened in the match. What was next? Like that's what you would get if people actually understood what. what yeah, were. actually, yeah. I saw I saw someone say this on social media. Actually, if we well, I, I love what we do as a threesome, obviously. And we have a lot of fun with it, regardless of the show, whether it's, you know, NXT 2.0 or, or AW Dynamite or whatever it may be. But, like, if we were like, Chins, hmm, what did you think of this? And I didn't do stupid voices. The NXT 2.0 would be like 15 minutes, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
just be like, yep, that was the result, and I uh, hope that they. That's a shorthand for why everybody stopped watching Triple H's one at the <laughs> yeah. end. Like that, that was that was the experience of watching more voices. Yeah. It's always hilarious on a. Uh, well, I do it on a Thursday evening, but I think it drops in the states. It like on like Thursday on Wednesday night, but when um, Dave and Brian of the Observer do like the news, and then AEW, and then NXT. Like it just brings it to stark comparison. That's, that's quite the yeah. They do like the news, and Meltzer will always because he wants like the most listens. Oh, some MMA news before we do the Dynamite review. It's like, is there? <laughs> How many people really care. And then you finally get the AW Dynamite uh, review. They take like half an hour. They take the time. It's not as good as us, but it's nah. good. And then it's like, right, NXT. And just it's just uh, it's just Brian reading through the results. <laughs> then I like, just they can't possibly care enough. To talk about it <laughs> for literally longer than four minutes. We've, ironically, we've just hit four minutes and we haven't started talking about this yeah, show Jesus yet. Christ, so like their loss. So it sounds to me like it's their loss. Let's like, go. <laughs> then again, people don't leave. It's one not really have a gain though. Yeah. <laughs> and people don't leave one star reviews on their iTunes because they didn't have chance to do a double or nothing review thanks to the Queen. But you know, there you go. That's what we got apparently today. I've seen Ooh, one, one star. Didn't do a double or nothing review. The Queen has shanked the algorithm. Yeah. Well, it's just a latest did. crime. You mean dynamite? No. Double or nothing. But you did do a d- double or nothing review. We did what went down, but because the show finished so late, we didn't have a did it time. Didn't to these do guys like do one on a, like a raw preview? Yeah, right? I did ten minutes. It was, yeah. You can yeah, still you can now. still find them. So <laughs> you know, guys. I mean, we're still we're still the ones. But you know, if, if you'd like to leave us a five star review, please do so on on iTunes. Only to offset that one exactly. It's like Partridge, isn't it? Now I want two positives. <laughs> right. Anyway, let's dive into this show. Show open uh, with your ugh, new North American champion, Carmelo Hayes. Uh, Flank my Trip Williams coming out to start a promo train, unsurprisingly, on WWE TV. Uh, Trip Williams says that as of what happened at the weekend, things are back to normal. Melo's champ again. Um, and uh, Melo takes the mic and says he's got to give credit where credit's due. This was the best version of Emigrams. Um, and uh, he challenged him, took him to his limit, etc., etc. Uh, but the goal was to get him back to the championship, and now he is the goal. He don't chase dreams, dreams chase him, and uh, he's what all the audience aspires to be. Uh, they wish that they could do what he can do, uh, but they could never be him. He's standing on top while all the losers are reaching for their goals. I feel like he's saying the same thing over and over and over again here, but anyway, he's the most illustrious NXT North American champion in history. He's got right now. Uh, but, of course, the person who's got next then interrupts, Solo Sokoa. He says, I'm next in line. Uh, we're here on NXT 2.0. We do less talking, more fighting. And I was like, no, do more talking. Send <laughs> it, do more voices. Uh, Trick Williams grabs the mic, though, and says, no, 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 no. That whole I've got next thing, that was a deal made with the previous champ. And then out comes Grace and Bloody Waller. Runs down Solo Sokoa, says he's got no mates. Says that's why he's called Solo. Uh says, listen, Oose, which I quite liked in amongst all that. And uh, so I said, uh, actually, I've got friends. They just go to a different school. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he said, he said uh, that his friends are the NXT universe. Um, and then he, he inexplicably thinks, I know it was a good idea to try and fight three men at once. And he does clock all three of them, but unsurprisingly, the number game catches up to him and he gets beaten down and laid out. What did you make of this opening promo train, Hamlet? I didn't really like it because... Like nobody, nobody can just stay likable on this show because it's just not likable. But it's not nice people scripting these characters, so they'll all show these quite cruel sides or nasty sides because that's just the people behind them. Um, and I think ultimately, uh, like 
not so much Trick Williams, but definitely Carmelo Hayes was kind of a victim of that writing as yeah. a result. He was most believable when he was paying like a little bit of respect to Cameron Grimes. Glad to be back atop the mountain, but not like tweaking the arrogance a little bit because yeah. that's a character that people would rather love than hate at this point. And you watch him knowing that he's kind of beyond all this nonsense anyway. Grayson Waller, on the other hand, proper heart and sleeve, dickhead heel, <laughs> perfect delivering that material. Solo Sokoa, as you've illustrated there, like sympathetic. There's a fine line between sympathetic and just like pitiable. And he like leapt over that line. And just all of these characters as a result, with the exception of Waller of all people, just didn't really feel like the characters I wanted to relate to in these particular title fights. I just I don't know, like after after I was like on we did the preview yesterday and I was sort of retracting some previous comments I made about like the mid card sludge around the North American title because I thought Hayes and Grimes was genuinely great. Yeah. And I was like I was drawn back in by the wrestling a little bit. I was taken back to the sludge here. I was like, I don't know what I'm really supposed to feel about any of these guys. I'm not that interested in the title matches. I, I, I realise what, you know, by the end of the show, I realised they did why they did what they did yeah. here. But, um, and I know I'm biased, but I was like, you know, the beatdown starts and I'm like, cool, here comes Cameron Grimes. Here comes, here comes Cameron. The segment's ended. It's, it's just baffling. It's partial pass, but then you don't know that when you're watching it, do you? No. You know. Any segment of television in which I emerge from it just not really enjoying the baby face anymore mm. or sympathizing after they get their asses beat or whatever is a dismal failure. And this was that. Like, Sola Sokoi comes out. Yes, it's a promo train. Yes, I'm dead and numb to all of this. But, you know, I'm <laughs> going to give the guy my ears for a few minutes. His delivery, he sounds like threatening. He's got sort of like menacing cadence. He just sounds like he's prepared and capable of kicking someone's ass, and it's all very good, and he's really got something. This is ground we've established quite often. Then he goes and licks ass. Mm. Like, just, these guys are my friends. It's like, there's a way to do it far more carefully than just basically say, all of these guys, they're my friends. It's like, I don't really like them, because I've heard loads of stories. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like, you know, uh, even if all of these 200 people Weren't in a cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still... weird watching it and you're like, God, this guy's over. And then you keep having to remind yourself. And you keep having to say, God, this guy's over. God, this guy's over. <laughs> every single segment on every single episode of this goddamn television show. And I just thought it was, um, you know, the whole Cena deal where he would just try and lick ass. And because he was like magnetic and charismatic enough, like people would legitimately in certain markets go, I do actually like him after all. It's he's saying nice things about me. It's like that attempted. It's I actually liked Sakura to begin with. So what on earth is all of this? Grayson Waller's still got some personality. Um, but when Hayes was like, no, this deal that you had was with a prior champion, not me. All it made me do was kind of resent Sakura for feeling entitled. Mm-hmm. And you'd think with the amount of things that are said all of the time, that would have the effect of like Oparo conditioning or whatever it is. Where it's like, oh, I can remember this because it's been repeated to me. A part of us all. A part of us all. <laughs> a part of us all. So I'm thinking, so much is repeated on this show and on main roster television that, in theory, I should remember it. And yet, did like Sakura get like pinfall victories over Carmelo? I can't remember because all I can remember is saying, oh, I've got next, I've got next. Yeah. Like, You're pretty entitled, mate, actually. <laughs> it's, did he win matches? I can't remember at this he point. He won a shot, I think. And that he said, and then he reminded you all the time. Yeah, that, and, the, then I, and then I resented him for saying it all the time. I, I, well, that's a little bit because it got really sort of hack 
and cheesy, didn't it, the more he said it. I've got a feeling that a little bit of something's creeping out uh, from real life into the, the story as well. Um, you know when you just you get the sense that like a little bit, either through Twitter, so you've been clued into it, but like a little bit of locker room patter has escaped onto television and you all sort of like feel like you're in on the joke and it's a bit at the expense of a wrestler. It's like that, like Michael Scott, I love inside jokes, hope to be a part of one one day. <laughs> but I kind of felt like like we're a li- becoming a little bit of a part of an inside joke at Solo Sokoa's expense. So he's been booked to have this segment, I don't need friends, I've got friends right here in the NXT universe. It's just reminding me of that tweet from a few weeks when ago. Was like, the, like the sort of, uh, for those asking, my trainers were from, blah, 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 like it's hoping to get the reply saying, thanks King, going to place my order. And then he just got the, no one asked. Like, the no one asked quote tweet, and it's like, I think this sort of stuff, this like... Was that Mellow who did it? I think it might have been yeah. Mellow that did that as well. Like, no, no one asked, man. And I just think that's like, if that's happening backstage, and there's that little bit of patter that he's having to just take these digs, and then anybody has seen it, thought, I quite like that, actually. Let's get that on telly. And he, like I say, if he becomes a pitiable figure, so it's a, like, I know he's got like, I know he's got the best possible family on the main roster yeah. to help him out with that, but it's a dangerous trap to fall into. Yeah. Backstage, hey man, you can't be tweeting stuff like that. Oh, watch out, Oos, he's going to set his brothers on you <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, we had a video package uh, to set up the uh, Briggs Bomb Wagner match uh, in a few minutes. And then uh, we see earlier on in the day, oh, the beginnings, the beginnings of the fantastic new family. Uh, what was Legado del Fantasma and now there, uh, Cruz del Toro is, uh, is driving. The the family, specifically Tony D. Uh, oh, shall I tell him the new name? We've still got the names. Or shall I get this up? On the preview yesterday, as part of the... They haven't done it yet, but I think they're going to. Part of the Tony uh, Tony D'Angelo predictor, um, I pitched new names for Legado del Fantasma. No new name for Cruz del Toro, because he doesn't need it, because that name is perfect. Uh, but now, Santos Escobar is Leonardo Blue Eyes de Bono. And, and Hamlet's favourite. This was off a name generator. This yeah, all right, okay, okay, good, good. <laughs> yeah, we did a, we did a, a, a whole. Uh, which, which area are you from? Yeah. What, uh, what business are you in? <laughs> that sort of thing. Waste management. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and Joaquin Wild, Hamlet's new favourite, is Corey Meatball Pepe. He <laughs> <laughs> got that meatball. Oh my God! Here we go, meatball. <laughs> anyway, so they haven't got new names. Uh, but they Corey up. Pepe is great as well. It's not that far away from is it Stacks? He's got like Donovan. Yeah, Troy Donovan. <laughs> Troy Donovan. Or something, yeah. Anyway, uh, the Dan says, uh, "Hey Santos, open this door. Are you uh, taking care of that thing I told you to do?" He's already set him off working, Humphrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Santos explains that the uh, guy will have the papers by Friday, uh, and he also asks about something else and. Uh, Pepe says uh, 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 that the City Hall Committee meeting has been set for Thursday. Why do you want to redistrict anyway? And Tony says, hey, you got to let the line, kid. Uh, all right? Now, if, he, Sam, if, if he's got the power to redistrict, whatever that means, <laughs> why are you on NXT? <laughs> <laughs> why are you on NXT if you've got yachts and you've got sway over it's, the uh, camp? That's um, money laundering. He's putting it through. So money they're in f- Florida trying to tap up, like... The local the officials. The local officials. Hey, you didn't see nothing whilst they read this rick. Who the hell are you, Linda McMahon and Colwood? <laughs> <laughs> I have an essential business. <laughs> Just like Tony D'Angelo, like at the wrestling show. Hey, you've got a lot to look. And I was like, yes, yeah, so do you. About wrestling, which is why you're at the wrestling gym. Get in there. Stop wasting your goddamn time trying to corrupt Drake Woods. <laughs> and learn how to 
grab a goddamn wrist lock. <laughs> uh, he says, now Santos, I think it's time you get out of this $1,000 suit and put some ring gear on. You got a match tonight. And then one of them, I don't know, I can't tell what the difference between the two goobers goes, yeah, go get ready, Santos. <laughs> <laughs> Santos is fuming. I thought this was a great segment. I thought it was absolutely diabolical. Yeah. Wrote divisive. <laughs> we'll <I'm like laughs> Wrote nonsense garbage, just like the love, love wrestlers hating wrestling. What? I have a match. Working. So, sorry, would you like rather clean Tony Angelo's shoes, would you? Is that not like the lesser of these evils at this point? Uh, you know me. It's the, the, a more Tony D on this show, and the, we talked about this after In Your House. Just if you want to know our In Your House review, by the way, you haven't done this a separate podcast. It was part of the preview yesterday, so to go and check that out if you want to know our thoughts on it. But um, unsurprisingly, I love the fact that the God of Don Fantasma now are part of the family. Yeah. Right, I'm going to ask you a question. It's very simple. Okay. okay. If it's not a good wrestling angle, and it's not a good crime drama, <laughs> like, literally, what is it? NXT 2.0. <laughs> is that the right answer? Uh, yeah, well, I guess, Paul. <laughs> Okay, now it's time for uh, Val Wagner uh, versus Josh Briggs. There's Sophia Cromwell, Robert Stone, Fallon Henley, and the bloke who loves the jacket, uh, the ring. Um, it's a brawl to start with. Uh, slobber knocker, so Michael. They're just swinging for each other early on. They're just clobbering each other. Two big lads just swinging. A fight outside a pub, basically, this. Um, eventually, some point, the bell rings. Um, and they head to the outside, and uh, he's battering Josh Briggs around ringside, chucks him back in, and there's uh, Boris Johnson to, to say, hey, what are you doing to me, mate? And uh, he grabs that that injured hand. He can't, can't use the jacket no more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> slams it against the ring apron, and, and jo- Boris Johnson sells it. But with the referee distracted, removes the cast, slides it into the ring. That allows Josh Briggs to clobber Von Wagner with it, hits him with a clothesline, one, two, three. Are you telling me someone outsmarted Von Wagner, Michael? <laughs> Are you trying to tell me? I mean, like, this wasn't even... I got half the brain that you... It wasn't even half an effort made to beat him, was it? Was this, like, three minutes or something? Like, an absolute doddle. A total breeze to beat Von Wagner. They still, still don't know what they have, if indeed they have anything with Von Wagner. Like, they watch it too. And they can't commit to his push. Canadella's like, oh, he's a bit rubbish. But he's also big. But he's a bit rubbish. But he's also big. Just look so, at that brawl at the beginning. Yeah. Like, oh, this aye, this was no good. Um, the little cowboy virgin losers, uh, baby faces that are also complete dicks. Like, like just rubbish characters. Like one-dimensional arsehole cheats. Uh, Fallon Henley's like, yeah, got him. And like, just break them up. Break all this up. This was crap. I don't know what to say. The babe, it's just rubbish. Just absolutely rubbish. Like, yeah. I like how they think of the least important things first. Always. Just always and always. Right, we have to... Uh, right. What do people in the age range between 18 to 49 like to do? Sex. I think you're saying masturbate. And they like to jerk <laughs> off. Right, what is it? So we have to please Vince and these people at the same time. What are big lads jacking it? That's like the intersection <laughs> of the two goals here. And we arrive at wank happy baby faces doing heel stuff. 
where if there was, I can't sympathise with Von Wagner. He's a very chilling serial killer of a man. That's his vibe. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know what, I, there's nothing to say. Robert Stone's back to another winner, isn't he? Yes. God. <laughs> Flawless record. He's the new, what was the stable that we had on, on Raw? That oh, Zelina Vegas yeah. loses, yeah. <laughs> also, has it ever been said that that cast is made out of plaster or, you know, has he made it himself? Sort of thing. Uh, well, right, right, okay. It's... All right, okay. That cast massive, and it ain't made of plaster. <laughs> How are you insinuating here? Are you trying to tell me? Are you insinuating here that Brooks Jensen, yes, is such a prolific masturbator, right, that he's able to produce so much spunk <laughs> that it can harden mm-hmm. and. You can craft a cast out of it. It's first internet service or provider was Comcast. Or he's <laughs> created like an arm-shaped mould. Yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. And then, oh, jizz. Yeah. It's jizzed into the mould over a period of time. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them, let's be honest. Anyway, uh, they celebrate on the ramp and uh, Jen smiles and takes the cast off again. I thought he was going to flip him off when he did that, by the way. And he was like, whoa. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to swear. <laughs> like, kids, they put their hand in yeah. front. Yeah, that's what he's going to do. Anyway, we're backstage with Solo Sakura, who's got a nice pack uh, on his shoulder. And Was it can... ice? <laughs> point. How can we be sure? Anyway, he uh, he says, I'm going to fight all of them later, or fight Mello and, and, and Waller later on, and doesn't care if anyone wants to team up with him, fine, but I'll fight him anyway, and they advertise it as a handicap match. Uh, and then it's time for the uh, Chase You Scholarship presentation to uh, Thea Hale, but before they can do that, before they can get a nice photo of everyone there, um, pretty deadly walk up and say, oh, it's all pathetic. Um, uh, you know, what are you bunch of losers doing, basically? And Bodie Hayward with a brilliant comeback. Oh, yeah, we could probably do with more star power. Do you want to go and get your tag titles? Oh, wait, you lost him. Oh, know, my God, he's absolutely... <laughs> actually got him. I actually got him. Everything gets him. <laughs> it was uh, someone we all collectively know, but I, I think it's fair to say we're not necessarily friends with them, who told another friend of ours when he came to the evening bit of someone's wedding. Did you enjoy the ceremony? Oh, wait, you weren't invited. <laughs> so that's why it tickled me maybe more so. But I thought, I love anything Chase you related, to be honest. This is fine. Yeah. Nothing more. Uh, right, let's get your thoughts on something I know you will actually like. Nathan Fraser versus Santos Escobar. Um, Tony D on commentary. Uh, I didn't write down everything. I was going to say that would have put you in a wank cast, wouldn't it? Just like, like that. Between writing and tugging. I was, I was, you know, often I sit here and we, we're making notes before the show and you say, oh, what time are we going in? I'm like, well, I've got to write down Tiffany Stratton. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to write down Tony D. Thing. When he was on commentary, I was like, I may have bitten off more than I can chew here. <laughs> so I'll just summarise it. And that he kept saying, what's this one doing? Huh? We get back in the ring and start wrestling. Or like he did a mid move and he was like, what are you doing there for? Anyway, um, Escobar is distracted the whole time by having his wife uh, sat at ringside. And uh, he still, you know, dominates early on. Um, he hits a beautiful tope suicida on Nathan Fraser on the outside. And this, yeah, causes Tony D to say, no one wants to see that no more. Um, we come back from the break and there, uh, well, Nathan Fraser's getting a bit of a lesson in there from uh, Escobar. He puts him in a surfboard, puts him in a one-legged crab. Fraser makes some comeback, but then Escobar nails him with a running knee. He goes for the Phantom Driver, but uh, he doesn't manage to hit it. He capitalizes, um, 
But uh, Escobar hits him with a super kick, and Fraser gets sent to the outside. The referee's checking on Fraser, and at that point, one of the goobers slides in a crowbar to Escobar. Santos doesn't want to use it, though. He slides it back, but that distraction has allowed Nathan Fraser to recover. Uh, Fraser kicks him. It's that huge, twisting 450 Seth Rollins move, basically, uh, to get the one, two, three, and Tony D's just very disappointed in his newest family member. When they didn't wield bollocks, capital S, storytelling onto this, which... Might come with a massive plot hole, but we'll be generous. I'll be generous because I really enjoyed the action so much. Like, elements of this were just absolutely out of this world great. Yeah. Like, out of this goddamn world great. There's a bit where Nathan Frazier jumps across the entire breadth of the ring so high with such velocity that I'm thinking he's going to fly out of the ring <laughs> and badly hurt himself. And yet the second before he clears the top rope from the other side of the ring, he wraps Santos Escobar on a flying head scissors. He's, un- he's an alien. He's absolutely ridiculous. There are two more spots I want to highlight. Because there wasn't much depth to it because obviously the whole idea was Tony D hates flips. Yeah. Jim goddamn Cornet these days. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's I don't I think that's the story. Yeah, I don't know. There's He's in waste management. No flips, just tips. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Where you take your household rubbish, not just like... Tips There's the a V-trigger here, right? A bicycle pump kick. That looks so goddamn good, I'm thinking. You've just fractured his orbital bone <laughs> yeah. because the impact looked so disgustingly beautiful and he was fine because the physical timing <laughs> was just unreal. Every dive kind of sucks. If you scrutinize it, when you're in the throes of drama in... Virtually most matches with a with a big aerial or a, like, whatever in it, you think, oh, you, you can see your arms. It's fine, because I'm enjoying the match, mm, but I can see yeah. your arms. Santos Escobar launches out of the ring at one point, and it just feels so much like an attack that I was just, my blood was pumping with excitement. All of the action here I was I thought it might have been the finish. Yeah. It was so wild, yeah. All of the action here was exceptional. Is the story, is this a very generous reading, or am I trying to be nice for once and it's earned, that Escobar and Frazier having such an unreal competitive match and Frazier was specifically chosen as the opponent for this express purpose that when the Tyrion tries to come into play, Escobar's like, nah, don't want anything to do with that. Is the match being so good, is Frazier the specifically chosen opponent because he now wants to say, all right, I can actually really like competing. Or is that far too generous because er, earlier in the night, he didn't want to work. Yeah. He didn't want to have a match. So that makes no sense. How did the stipulation where Escobar would join the family begin in the first place? Because the first match ended with a breast knocks. So he obviously likes weapons. Like, make it make sense for me. No, I can't because it doesn't. Like, why would... Why would so Escobar is the babyface now? I don't know. Yeah, that like, really. Are they, are they, are they the babyface element of this sectuplet compared to initially when it appeared that the family were going to be the, the good guys? Because as Cedric points out, this started with weapons from them, like to Tony D's crew. Like, so they slide the crowbar in, and he doesn't want to use it because all of a sudden he's all about honor. Is it like has three days with Tony D'Angelo <laughs> like, so I'm a changed man now. I've realized that a life of crime isn't for me anymore. We're going to stop putting people in the boot of our car in the car park. Yeah. Because he's he's shown me the other side. 
I, I just that just doesn't make sense. They're they're doing like and the first segment included, like where you saw them having that chat and this match. It's like autopilot. You work for me now. Stuff. It doesn't make sense in the context of these characters, nor how we arrived at this point. It's just this same plot device that they've done over and over again, where wrestler A works for wrestler B. So you have these little disagreements, mm. and like you know, what's where this where this ends up typically would be Escobar like saying, "All right, yeah, all right, yeah, I'll get, it. I'll use your weapon," and then using it on Tony D'Angelo himself, and the crowd goes wild, and then we have a match to see how he's going to get out of the family. But so John Cena and the Nexus all over again. Yeah. But none of that has been particularly like that story hasn't been told at all, let alone well told yet. No, and yeah, it just you feels like weeks for they're just doing all that stuff on autopilot. I just I watched this match wishing we could just fast forward to these two being up on the ro- main roster for eighteen months doing nothing and getting released. Like that's <laughs> where, yeah. that's where like th- that was the kind of quality, the specific quality of this match where it's pointless to be like, come on guys, let's get these on SmackDown. Like, don't be the idiot that says that. Be the idiot that says like get through the WWE failures and then we can get onto the actual career they're going to have with these fantastic skills. Yes. What's the phrase? Life life is what happens when you're making plans. When you're making other plans. Making other plans, right. Because I love the fact that Nathan Fraser, whilst they're doing like, oh, right, uh, Zion Quinn and Wesley and stuff for the North American Championship and now this whole family stuff. Meanwhile, Nathan Fraser's faced Wesley, Cameron Grimes, the Santos Escobar, and every time it's been jaw-dropping. Yeah. Amazing. Like, it, have you kind of like hit upon something there? Are they quietly... Like, just using all these other storylines to assemble a really great Nathan Frazier push where he becomes, like, Bron Breaker's perfect opponent and you have a, a quality, like, opposites attract main event. Is I that the so. idea? Like, he just... Nathan Frazier just very literally bounces into other people's nonsense <laughs> stories, wins a match, and just cracks on. Because that's something to follow. That'll yeah. be something to log to mm. see what he does every week. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Uh, then we got Zion Quinn being interviewed backstage uh, and he's furious about losing to, to Wesley and said he dominated basically everything but the last three seconds of that match and he got lucky and blah, blah, blah. 
He's having a rematch next week, and he's going to make him or leave him unconscious. And then it was time for the NXT champion, Braun Breaker, to come out. He talks about In Your House. He talks about all the stuff that he's gone through with Joe Gacy and his dad and what have you and being challenged both physically and mentally and making all this personal. Uh, but no matter what he did, he wasn't taking the NXT title from him. Uh, it wasn't just about him. This is about NXT. This place is special, and there's, unsurprisingly, NXT chance there. Um, is it? He uh, he said before he went through the curtain that he could see the looks on everyone's faces. Uh, everyone wants a shot of the title. Who's going to step up? Apollo, of all people. Apollo Crews, thankfully, sans weird accent, is back in NXT. Great to see him back there. I said on this on the news, my God, does he look bigger in NXT, doesn't he? Um, he comes down, gets a huge reaction from the crowd. We miss you. Welcome back. All that sort of thing. It's um, all so fake, isn't it? <laughs> life is, life it? is so this fake. like it was Cody coming back at WrestleMania, and, uh, wasn't it? Like, it's was, it was like sort of big justice going to be like, oh, he's got a bit of ring for us. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> Like Apollo doing the faces. Oh, my God. Like, hand on the heart sort of stuff. You, you, you guys. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's in the same building. No. <laughs> he said he's missed, yeah, I was going to say, not this place, but he missed the NX, missed NXT, missed the NXT universe. Um, talked about making history. Talked about the stuff that he missed out on um, before when he left them to, earlier than he anticipated, let's say. Uh, and then he shakes hands uh, with Breaker. He says, we're going to be making history together, but not right now. You know, the match isn't set. Until that day, he'll see Braun down the road. But, like, uh, me and Phil said this. If you're not going to do anything with him on the main roster, are you going to do 24-7 bollocks or whatever, or Commander Aziz or whatever it may be? Far better to have him down here. Yeah, I agree with that. Generous I'd, curve. I'd, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that. I thought this was mostly rubbish and, and fake. Fake is the word. Um, but yesterday we had to play the game to find our Brombreaker opponent and we land on Disco Inferno. Like, Again? Yeah. Like, we got Disco for this and, like, it just, it sort of feels like there was nobody that we could, like, land upon that would make sense. So did time got booked twice? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did say he's the perfect NXT guy right now, isn't he? What's your gimmick? Disco. Disco guy. Brilliant. <laughs> just loves to dance. Uh, yeah, like this, it's it's fine. It's the same. It's in, it's in the exact same way. Dolph Ziggler was just fine. Something for him to do in their mind, like rubbing up against a bigger name. That's like fine, but I'd like, I kind of be expected to buy this as like the prodigal son returns home. Like every single time they try and present this, like like I don't know, as if for example back then, like Sami Zayn had returned to full sale or something. That's a lie. Like you are lying to my face. I hate this so much. It's <laughs> fake. Liars. I just hate liars. Hate this lack of truth in the world. Clout chasing our souls. That's like the worst part. Like disinformation is worse than some dickhead saying, eh, what do you think of recruit? <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't wanna I know you don't care what I think of recruit. You just want uh likes on Twitter. More, more people slept on uh, SmackDown two thousand and five. Don't question mad Guys, you remember two out of three falls? <laughs> <laughs> I remember one of these. Uh, What's his name? Should I shame him? I would shame this guy if I could remember his name. But he's one of these guys. Nine thousand followers. Oh, who's this? Oh, he's following thirteen thousand. So he's an enga- <laughs> he's a he's an engagement farm, and uh, it's pathetic. How can you think these likes mean anything when you just follow back everyone? If you have more than four more than four figure followers, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> dead because you're not. You're timeline. You're not 
you're muting them all. You're muting them all, and don't pretend that you're not muting them all. Right? <laughs> I've got I've got just over a thousand followers. Right, and some of them are like it's a weird amalgamation of like my mates wrestling stuff and my previous life as a radio presenter. Do you know what I discovered I followed on Twitter? Do you ever follow someone and, and well, presumably you followed them when Twitter started mm. and just completely forgot about them, and then you see a tweet and go, oh, I really don't like this person. I'm going to unfollow them. I don't know why I'm following. Chris Akabusi. Why was I following him on Twitter? Of course you were following Chris Akabusi. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's political takes. Oh, I've gone, no, yes, no, thank you. <laughs> so this guy, this engagement form, and I'll get on to Apollo momentarily. Um, this has stuck with me forever. Like, you know, like great political injustices can just wash over you. But because yeah. this is yes. your specific <laughs> realm of interest, it just you have a wildly disproportionate response. Because, in a way, it kind of protects yourself from the real things that matter that really should mess mm. you up because the world's broken. At the height of uh, the character, right? We're not going to talk about the person on this podcast. Okay. At the height of the Velveteen Dream character, right? Right. right. You know who you got compared to, don't you? Who's that? Well, it was Rick Rude. And, er- and everyone got it like that. Yeah. He, he had, like, spray things on his gear and everything. It was a bit obvious. This guy was like... Does that... Does that this uh, Velveteen Dream remind you of the new Rick Rude? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like m- months and months and months and months <laughs> and months after I would literally reject articles from what culture in my capacity as editor. Say, oh, that's a bit of a... Don't say that take. It's just, you know... It's, it's and like he's got three hundred likes slapped on there by some fucking idiots. <laughs> idiots going, oh my god! You know that uh, Tim and Eric thing about <laughs> my blow. Oh my god! The picture like he stumbled upon was like dreams here, slapping on a side headlock. So he's like googled ravishing Rick Rude side headlock. So the side by side makes the most possible sense. Same form. I hate how fake this world is. How fake everyone is, mm-hmm. and this is the most fake thing on a most fake show. Produced by the most fake company. That tit, Vic Joseph, when all this was done, went, oh my God. <laughs> he went, oh my God, what a moment that was. Was it? Was it? Was it? Because you literally knew the moment wasn't special. You could put nails versus Vladimir Kozlov in front of these fans and they would go, this is awesome. <laughs> like nerve hold applied to nerve hold. And they're just both in a state of complete inertia. Trapped in each other's nerve holes, stood still for 17 minutes, picture in picture, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes back, and they're just eating good in the neighborhood. And uh, Applebee's. <laughs> and you've got nails, Kozlov, nerve hold on nerve hold. <laughs> this is awesome. Something's got to give me a Vic. <laughs> this is awesome. So these crowds are obviously going to go mad for Apollo Crews, right? But they had, they at least didn't have the temerity to say, right, okay, well, Apollo Crews didn't really do much here. Uh, he didn't really win any titles. Cause I think Vince was to just, on one of his various chats with Omanit Samik, what about this NXT? It was, um, it was TakeOver Dallas. All-timer WWE show, full stop. Not just NXT. All-timer, like, WWE show. And uh, he calls up Baron Corbin and Apollo Crews. Yeah, <laughs> it's that WrestleMania weekend. You had say Nakamura, Bailey Asker, like blah, blah, blah. amazing show. Tall guy, Jack guy. Yeah. <laughs> so like Jack the Apollo Crews, he's barely spent a year there. Yeah. He didn't do the whole face in the crowd, dominant squash win, wins the NXT title on because I wasn't in North America. It's kind of like point. the rare bird of like the imperfect moment of the perfect show would always be his segment or Baron Corbin's. At yeah. The time it was like this hour is just the most enjoyable hour of pro wrestling. 
So they at least had, didn't have the audacity to claim him. He had a run there because the, the verbiage was, you know, I didn't really get the chance to accomplish every goal that I had here. Um, this completely different brand, by the way, which <laughs> yeah, yeah. philosophically is miles <laughs> yeah. removed from what this was. So it's fake on top of fake on top of fake. So I don't really have the time, but you know, I can do it now. I've got all the time in the world. And then you see, so you realize, hang on, right? And this is not an indictment of the performer. He's great. He's one of a litany of just completely. They'll have a banger against Nathan Fraser at some point. Yeah. Mm. He's a lot. He's in the. He's just one of this long, long line of absolutely failed talents. This is nothing on Apollo Crews, no. the performer behind the character, but the character and the way he's been treated. So, right. Going down the line here. <laughs> so he. He's impressive in short bursts in NXT. Zuhar Nation, he was phenomenal. Like, he, he was like a proper gift wrestler. Great. Um, so he's now in NXT, and he gets called up before, not before he's ready, but before he's done anything. He does what on the main roster? Right. Tell me what he's done. All I remember, genuinely, is, apart from like the Nigerian drum fight stuff and holding the IC, the IC title and stuff, is when he moved up, they had that, you remember they had that new camera angle? They were just like, mm. just use that for him. Where they like shot him when he climbed up when he made his entrance and they that's it. I can't remember now. Other than the stuff that you know, dangerous ground to talk about. Yes, if you're three white podcasters in your mid thirties, right? I can't. He's done now. God bless him. Great talent. He's done nothing. He's done literally nothing. So why are people excited to see him? Why is it a moment? Seven years and now, like literally, like pretty much now. This is awesome. <laughs> I just I don't get awesome it. Question, Performative fake bollocks. They even know this, hence why they've written around the fact that he's done it now. So it's like, all right, okay. Well, I've, uh, I've had a failed main roster run, and now I'm coming back to make amends for the uh, NXT run that I didn't have in a completely different brand. Um, like, why would I be excited for someone who's done nothing for seven years? Why is there this fake excitement in the air about oh Apollo Cruz is going to do something? Like if you have to go all the way back, right? People are excited. I think. And in good faith, earnestly, because Uha Nation was class, right? So, guy who absolutely highlighted the independent circuit, right? Failed for seven years by WWE and it being rampantly awful. But he was good on the indies, right? So let's give him another shot and be nice, right? What do they think of the indies now? What, what cachet does that have? It's all a load of complete nonsense. I've just had an epiphany. You've made me realise, because Apollo Crews has done absolutely nothing other than, you know who he is, he was that guy on Raw Sm or SmackDown for several years, doing nothing but just existing there. Like, for that very same reason, I once went to a show at Reckington Social Club, because Sylvain Grognier was on the poster. Didn't even turn up, did he? But I'd seen him on Raw SmackDown. <laughs> did I ever feel a thing for La Resistance to Sylvain Grognier? No. No. But he was on the poster, and he was near where I lived, so I went there. <laughs> Didn't turn up. Who like, was there? Who was there? And, well, the, he was the only flying. It was just, it was like, it was a, a, an otherwise excellent, um, like, local company. It wasn't my regular one. I used to go see the Independent Wrestling Federation. Um, they were great, and it wasn't them. It was another one, like, Main Event Wrestling or something they were called. I want to, like, drag the mid-2000s social club wrestling scene. Oh, I thought it was, um, no, I thought it was, uh, it was nobody that ever made it, sadly, but Sylvan Grenier didn't turn up. It was, there was another one where there was an IWF one that was supposed to be Road Dog, D'Lo, and Spike Dudley, and... Road Dog was the only one that made it, and the other two just missed a flight. But like the show was absolutely fantastic, and I ended up going and watching them for like sort of three, four years. So it was like, <laughs> ah, like rest so up. So Road I've Dog drew you for four years to we to watch some Northeast Independent Wrestling. Okay. Yeah, 
Excuse me, did a good thing for his business. For his business. He gave back to his business. So Leave it better than you found it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, Gacy's, Joe Gacy's talking some bollocks, despite the fact he's lost uh, every title chance he's had. Uh, and he's got his druids there. And uh, they, they, they they cleared their minds. They opened themselves to him. Um, there are people out there who don't... Some Madonna lyrics. They are shaping the world by maximizing their exposures. No, Vogue. that's NXT writing now. Um, uh, their message is more important than any worldly possessions or symbols. They are dead. Oh, no, sorry, the dyads. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to compete in the ring next week. You must be buzzing, are you? I've got mixed emotions about this, I'll say that. Anything you want to say about this? No. Or not. Uh, right. You said some nasty things about Vic Joseph earlier, and I, I'm going to counter that here because I, I thought this was one of the great... What are some of the best wrestling calls that you can think of? Uh, it's got my witness. He's broken in half. Yeah. Tyson and Austin. Tyson and Austin. Tyson and Austin. One plus one is two, and two is greater than one. That's what Vic Joseph <laughs> said here. <laughs> they were running through before the women's breakout tournament oh my God. match. Right, and he was putting over Roxanne Perez, right? And he said, basically, Tiffany Stratton's won one match to get to this final. Roxanne Perez, one plus one. She's won two. That was it. Right. And I just I just laughed out loud at hearing that. I don't really listen to commentary is for he, that. Is he... Uh, no, I was going to say something so awful then. I was honestly <laughs> going to say something so awful that potentially, like, it could have really, really... Ups- I was, I was going to say... God, I was going to say, is he worse than Matt Stryker? But that. <laughs> anyway, Matt Stryker is such a patronizing twat. Like, and he. Oh, he's the worst. One of the worst. Michael Cole got like a 25 year celebration on. Like, you sort of feel like Vic Joseph will just make it, but nobody will realize. Like, it's 30 years of Vic Joseph. Can you believe it? He's still <laughs> here in the NXT dome. That when you see, like, wait a second, the, the Colognes are still employed by WWE. Yeah. Six years ago, Apollo was on NXT. <laughs> like, I, my my favorite thing, by the way, is when I go back or like when you know when you see like the, the top ten WWE top ten moments, and it's like they do it like round Rumble season, and they go like, oh, here's some great shocking returns or whatever, and like Diesel returning, mm. for example, and you you can just it's, it's in the gaps mainly because you think how much they always want to talk over each. Look at Seth Rollins cashing in. In the in uh, mania, right, and how they're all well, they want to talk over each other. This is brilliant! Oh my god, the heist of the century! Blah, blah, they all want to get their bit in. Yeah. Listen to any bit. I'm using this as an example. But any bit where strikers on commentary, the gaps where they're clearly just, and we hear it on this podcast sometimes when the two of the people on commentary are just looking at each other like, dickhead, how we still <laughs> <working> the <with him?" laughs> Like you never know who's gonna show up, and like. Two more hours and this will be all over. <laughs> Jerry Lawler sometimes used to just leave that gap. Very pregnant pause and go, what? <laughs> such disgust in his voice. Don't, don't, don't give yourselves any ideas here, by the way. <laughs> anyway, so it is the NXT Women's um, Breakout. That's, that voice is going to be a thing. <laughs> NXT Women's Breakout Tournament Final. Tiffany Stratton uh, versus Roxanne Perez. <laughs> what? <laughs> Back and forth. Save it. I've got a long Tiffany Stratton to come. Uh, back and forth early on. Tiffany Stratton mainly in control, as you sort of predicted on the preview. It was once again Roxanne Perez uh, eating a lot of offense and fighting from underneath. Stratton starts showboating. She's dominating so much. Um, Perez fights back, though. Tiltwell head scissors into an arm bar, but Stratton fights back and starts targeting the arm of Perez. Um, she, uh, you know, beats her down and then does that thing where she flips across the ring and then hits her with an elbow in the corner. Um, 
Perez fights back, though, again. She hits a uh, handspring standing moonsault but lands on her shoulder and sells it. She covers, but that gets turns into a crucifix for a near fall for Tiffany Stratton. Powerbomb, two count. Stratton goes up top. Roxy grabs her leg. She gets kicked down. Stratton goes for the top rope moonsault. Roxy moves out of the way, catches her with her pop rocks finisher. One, two, three. Roxanne Perez is the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament winner. A deserved winner for you, Sage? Yeah, absolutely. She's the best wrestler on this brand by an absolute country mile. She displayed it here in a match that I thought was a total over-delivery Um like it's the sort of match that you don't want to judge within the parameters of how we usually judge NXT 2.0. Like, oh, wasn't it polished? Mm-hmm. Why didn't they not <clears throat> botch that much? Yeah. Like, Stratton, we've said from day one, as good opinion havers, yeah. that she's <laughs> really got something, and she showed it again here. Like, bags of personality, poise, composure. Um, she really feels like take away all the layers of stupidity surrounding the character that we take the piss out of all the time. She gets tone. She's not a robot. She's not merely doing moves quickly in front of a completely fawning, undiscerning audience. Like, she can get, silly as it might be, because it feels more like a tantrum than anything else. She gets tone. She can really feel like she's actually in a match that she wants to win, and when she's in the midst of losing it, she actually seems to resent that. Roxanne Perez is great. She's great at wrestling from underneath. This is the rarest thing. An NXT 2.0 match where I watch it as a decisive finish. There's no stupid booking. That'll come later. Where both performers emerge from it with their stock enhanced almost immeasurably here. It was so, like, I, I echo all of this. It was so, like, psychologically sound as well. I think something with Stratton that they've got... It, I'd never, I think it was maybe, it was either you, Cedric, or Murray that pointed this out to me years ago, that one of the issues I was finding with Charlotte Flair, this was specifically, is that within the uh, the women's revolution, where the idea was, like, you've got to be a great wrestler, hang now, and Charlotte Flair was proving herself to be this great wrestler, but then sometimes, like, a match just felt like they were falling apart. It was like, well, she's, like, really tall, Charlotte Flair, and they haven't yet realised that you need to position women as you would men in terms of, say, height and size disparities and things like that, and then wrestle them accordingly. She's having these, like... Classics with Sasha Banks, and the whole one of the big differences is that you realise there's this like like vast size disparity, and you can play with that, and as you should. Tiffany Stratton has that a little bit here, but her gimmick is something of like, well, her gimmick is like spoiled rich girl, the more's a pity, but like her in ring persona is that of like a hybrid athlete. So when she switches from doing all these power moves to like going up to the top rope, it sort of feels earned. It's like, I'm going to have to go to this well, but luckily I've got it. I can actually do this. And I just think that's like, that to me, like it says to me that either like who's agent of this or Stratton herself knows that that's how you use this character. So you like, you don't yet let the size become something that you can't work with. You let like yet it become a shock. It's mm. Brock Lesnar actually hitting and perfecting the shooting star press instead of botching it at one time. It's just, he's got that as well. Mm. Like, that's why that was so valuable when he was in OVW and you're getting those grainy gifts of it or, you know, whatever it was at the time. And in terms of Roxanne Perez, how, like, they just load the schlock babyface stuff on with a trowel on this and how she continues... I, I don't even think she's overcoming it. I think she's wearing it and embracing it and making it part of her shtick. She looks to me to be the type of wrestler that will get called up and that will succeed and will do all those things. And then years down the line, she'll say in one of her interviews, you know, like, I, I was confident with my fundamentals, but, like, WWE taught me how to be a superstar and she'll be, like, super positive about it because it doesn't even feel fake. It mm. just feels like she's 
talented enough that she's taking their advice, she'd be like, well, I'd rather not lay it on so thick, but if this is what I need to do, I'll do it and I'll mm. get over with it, and isn't compromising what she's really good at. Otherwise, I'm really impressed with all of this. Uh, post-match, Cora J comes down to celebrate with her mate, of course, uh, and then Toxic Attraction come out, and Mandy Rose says, well, enjoy the moment. It's all downhill from here. Perez gets a title shot uh, at the title of her choosing as a result of winning this tournament, of course. Uh, she says if Perez cashes in on her, it's going to go very badly. And there's a big brawl. Indy Hartwell comes down and gets involved, and Toxic Attraction get cleared out of the ring. There's your three-on-three dynamic, and uh, I hope the, the challenging three all win the titles. Is there something that actually... Are they actually going to try and tell a story here where Roxanne Perez, out of being a nice person and friendship, attempts to win the tag team titles with Cora Jade rather than chasing her own, like, sort of selfish goals straight away? Because I think that's actually quite a nice plot development as well. I thought that as well. Mm. Uh, the toxic attraction beatdown that followed was awful. <laughs> <laughs> the crap. Yep. Yeah, no disagreement. Uh, Bodie Hayward's been attacked backstage by Pretty Deadly, and Andre Chase is furious and storms out, um, ready to fight them, uh, despite the uh, numbers disadvantage. Uh, there was a little John Cena return vignette. Normally, I don't mention these things, but they cut back to, to Wade and Vic stood at ringside, and uh, Vic just goes, oh, do you know what my favorite moment was John Cena was? When he uh, chucked all those chairs on top of you, boom, 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 and Wade goes, boom, 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 I'll just move on, you prick, sort of thing. Just tickle me that, dude. Death of a million opportunities, that was, Vic. <laughs> never, ever, ever bounce back from that, Vic. What's next? That's what I do as well. With someone I really hate is before I, like, drop 20 chairs on them, he's put something on top of them so they don't actually hurt them, obviously. <laughs> like he did with that weird... <laughs> little metal platform. Put the little platform over the top of him. He's going to really wring his ears, this, when the chairs drop on him. The more, the more a really pleasing sound. <laughs> <laughs> the more important burial was long completed before then. It's fine. Is it, I haven't seen if we had any... Uh, we had any five star review review suggestions yet for the noise that Kurt Angle makes when Big Show tries to kill him? We did uh, Big Show getting shot with a tranquilizer dart on. The oh. <laughs> so now we want to do the other one, which ultimately justified Kurt Angle's actions because Big Show, prior to being shot with a tranquilizer dart, tried to kill him. He hired him off a ledge, didn't he? Yep. Anyway, uh, Wendy Chu's getting interviewed and asked about her, you know, her loss in your house, but before she can get an answer out, here comes Tiffany Stratton, who storms in and says, This thing I have out there, a shit chair. I can't believe the ref didn't say it. Uh, and uh, Wendy's like, excuse me. And she goes, oh, you're excused. Did you see that, McKenzie? If we're going to fight unfair, I would tell her I have been her in like 60 seconds. Um, and again, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wendy's <laughs> like, sorry, excuse me. It's my sort of interview. He's like, what do you want? It's clearly my time right now. I want a rematch. It was totally unfair. And Wendy spins around and chucks a drink in Tiffany's face. And he's like, oh. Somebody give me a towel. My hair. My hair extensions. Oh, my God. They've, they've done this. When did she nick a credit card or whatever it was? They've done it. They've done this nonsense. You can't be like, ooh, the weird NXT characters coming together. They've done it. This was rubbish, and they've done it. They've done it. It was rubbish. And the booking is so terrible. The characters are so one-dimensional. Everything is so shallow and terrible that you cannot go literally probably a minute <laughs> you can't praise her for longer than yeah. a minute and then she becomes this absolute goddamn Barbie doll with nothing in her goddamn head it's your uh, Simpsons thing all over again isn't it can't you go like two minutes without embarrassing yourself, yourself. <laughs> Simpson transfer don't give any ideas for a new character actually I was just so happy to praise Tiffany Stratton earnestly for a great performance and then just do this I went to a really good gig last night with, she cares uh, about her hair went to a really good gig with Phil Chambers last night you know mm-hmm. 
Do you know who I went to see? Go on. Daddy Freya. <laughs> Who's that? That's a bloke who represented Iceland in Eurovision. I just wanted to say the word daddy. Remember the guy? I remember that guy. Great. Check him out. little daddy. synthy poppy. Yeah. yeah it was bop. Anyway, uh, I just want to say daddy. <laughs> voice. Um, Chase you. Well, actually, it was just Andre. Chase. If you want to say it, who spunked any mom to make you? <laughs> you want to say daddy so much, don't you? Chase you versus <laughs> Andre Chase versus. Oh, but spunking in a cast is fine. <laughs> There's a line here. Hey, <laughs> hey. Um, Bodie Hayward's been taken out, so as I said, Andre Chase is fighting, and uh, he's all fired up. And early on, he does fight both of them, but eventually, uh, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson uh, use their numbers advantage to take control, um, and he's he's in trouble. Bodie Hayward's oh, he's trying to crawl out there and help, and he's, he's he's fighting his injuries. Thea Hale's like warning him off, trying to get involved in this. You're already injured, sort of thing. She jumps up on the apron. I'm not sure she was trying to tag in or what mm. was going on here. Uh, but it doesn't matter because they hit Chase with the spill milk and got the one, two, three. Like decent follow up after losing the belts, I thought. Like a nice way to. Again, I surprised myself saying this. Like Pretty Deadly's run's going pretty well. Yeah. Like I, I've not had a bad time with them so far on this show. It's bored. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are walking backstage and they bump into the family. And uh, Tony oh, D. There's still says, loads left. I've just seen your notes. Tony D. <laughs> says, uh, Hey, uh, how you doing, champ? And uh, congrats, by the way. But as you know, you're not the only one with a big victory at, in your house, you schmuck. Uh, if you want this title rate to last longer than the first one, falling in line under the dawn might not be such a bad idea. And then Trick Williams does this offensive accent, right? Mocking Tony D. No need for that. Uh, and he calls Mello the son of NXT because everything revolves around him. And Mello says he's gabba good on any offer that Tony's got for the title. Thanks, but no thanks. And then uh, Tony D fires back with, okay, well, you, then you better stay, stay out of my way, son. See, son has two meanings here. Son also means... Because ah. if you don't, this whole title reign will end in the blink of an eye. But good luck in the main event tonight. And he walks off, and Mello's like, who's he calling son? And I did like Trick Williams go like that, blinking and going, I'm blinking, you still got the title, mate. Like, it's fine, don't worry about it. Um, I'm intrigued by Tony D going after the North American Championship. But what I know you're not a fan of this mid-card. Sludge, in your own words. No, I don't think the match will be any good. I don't think it'll do anything for either of them. I'm also... I, I think I already, like the thing that I was genuinely interested in. Oh, like who's going to win, Legados and like the family, and how's this going to come together? Like Tony DeAndre, this Don of NXT thing, this idea that he's going to walk around and like try and assert dominance over the whole. I, I think it's lousy stuff. Like it's like the worst of the. Uh, when we like even Edge and Christian mocked it in two thousand when it was like ah, uh, I think they called the uh, McMahon Helmsley faction, and he's like, no, I think it's the regime. It's like we're to- so totally working for the faction. He's <laughs> <It was> like <laughs> mocking these these stupid things, walk around like so like heels can sit in offices and eat salad. It's like. Is that what Tony D'Angelo is aspiring to do now that he's getting his army together? Well, I just I thought, we talked about this in the preview, and I was, it felt like an open goal. It was like, okay, so you have Trick Williams feud with Cameron Grimes because he cost him the North American Championship. You've got all these live dates coming up. You talk about so much about wanting Trick Williams to get more in-ring experience, and now he's just a bit part player in him versus the family. Yeah they, yeah, they don't know what they're doing. Anyway, uh, Alba Fire was in action next. A very brief match against Tate and Paxley, all to set up something we saw coming a mile away. Um, basically, domination from from uh, Alba Fire. Unsurprisingly, she's great. Um, and uh, I like the bit where Tate and Paxley. She gets laid out and is in position for a big swanton and thinks, "Oh, I'll just roll across the ring, get away from her." And, and Alba Fire just shrugged and went, 
Ooh, long range thoughts on it, man. <laughs> I guess this is going to suck for you. Hits her with it. One, two, three. Um, but unsurprisingly, we saw this coming off the back of In Your House where this was Yeah, I saw that. I definitely saw this one coming. <laughs> uh, Lash Legend attacked Albafire post-match. That I think it's good for... It'll be good for Lash Legend again. To come back to a point I just made there. It'll be useful for Lash Legend to work with someone like Albafire, Kaylee Ray, because... After five or six years. <laughs> <laughs> I like this TV show now existing to set up Largo Loop stuff. This was an example. The match was nothing, but it was, it was for that, wasn't it? Uh, Roddy Strong is there with the new tag champs, Diamond Mine. Uh, he says, I, I know I said some harsh things, but hey, guys, we're all still Diamond Mine. Look now with the tag champs, basically. He congratulates them, and they have a big hug. And then, oh, my God, in walks Malik Blade and Idris Anofe. <laughs> Malik Blade, if you're listening to this, throw away every shirt that you own. <laughs> you do not need to wear them. Oh, my God. I think you already has. Oh, my God. Idris thinks that they they, they, they they quite like a shot, despite the fact that they always seem to be fed to people whenever they come in to establish tag teams. Anyway, uh, Julius says, look, Saturday was this big day for us, and we heard you talk, and we appreciate it. <laughs> and they, they hug, and uh, Brutus says, you know, if you want a title shot, we'd, we'd be honoured to face you, I think for next week, I believe. Uh, and they leave, and then Strong says, what the f*** are you doing? You're not handing out title shots like presents. They're not for free. They've got to earn it. Oh, I suppose I did like the bit where he's like, oh, of course, duh. you've never been champions before. I've been champions, bloody loads. You could learn a lot from me. Um, you, you know, you're lucky to be champions. And I was always going to let you make one mistake and you just made it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what this was, to be perfectly mm. honest. Uh, Roderick Strong is like, this is bad version of Chris Jericho material. Where he's the most disingenuous sod, but he's so transparent about it that you kind of like you pop and you think he's a cock at the same time. Roderick Strong can't do this; he doesn't have the range. Yeah, I, I, I don't ever like these. Like wrestling has long forgotten why these plots might have happened once. It's a lot of interesting ones. Like a lot of interesting things happened once because just then, at this like key moment, there was because a contest. It worked. They it worked do it again. Worked. They made stars and they've just recycled it over and over again. Forgotten why it could only really work in that one context at one time. Like they've won the belts. Like if they, if this was real, like if we've just been like, and it's overdue, quite frankly, that we win like a podcast award. Ugh. Like, and we sit here and like, so the podcast award is sat on the edge of the table. We're already number one. That's an award. Yeah. And We've then, been awarded by the public <laughs> best and, wrestling podcast. And, and and the first podcast in which we get to toast win this award, you start it by like bollocking the three of us. Mm. What do you think you're doing? What are we doing going about winning this? Are we in this game to win this award and be acknowledged as the best at this? <laughs> it, it doesn't make a lick of sense. And yet they just do it because that's just what wrestling's done with characters like this for the longest time. I, I want us to win an award, uh, not because I want people to acknowledge us, although that would be nice, but I would like for us to go up there and just do all of our gimmicks in the speech. It's like, oh, thank you so much. Did you anything you want to say? You mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, get to the, Austin, like the King of the Mic on the Austin thing. In this room, just silent, looking at us. Yeah, I mean, we, we could win the award. We just need to do all the other award-winning ones and like submit a request to win it ourselves. Mm. Rigged game, innit? It's a rig business. Rig business. Uh, we get another. Leave it better than you found it. Sounds like Wallace from That's Wallace and Gromit. Uh, right, we it's get. What they all say. A vignette from Giovanni Vinci. Um, and Why have got never seen them? <laughs> get your car fixed to Briscoe Brothers Body Shop. It's worth the drive. Uh, Not all over his business. And this time we see it is the former Fabian Eitner. Yes. What a, he's been on the show. He's been on the show. 
and now he's got a new name and a new life. This is like... Now Walter's left, I'm allowed to dress nice. It's not Lost Highway, right? <laughs> it isn't Mulholland Drive, Inland Empire, or Twin Peaks to Return, right? We're not talking about disassociated states and I don't know, shadow like, it stars. is a straight story, though, because dudes want to have sex with women. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is goddamn true. It's the same, it's the same guy, right? He's not constructing, like, a tulpa of himself to disassociate from tragic experiences of his life or a projection of a more idealized version of himself in order to like obscure from himself and deny the reality of the awful things that he's done i've seen him last year <laughs> it's, it's not like on this television show. have i seen him this year yeah, he's this, yeah. Him this year it's not like sort of like vince mcmahon signs bloodbath black glove wearing mid-south hero ted dibiase and turns him into a cartoonish millionaire like, you sign him from, like, Mid-South, different territory. Vincent Mann, his mind, I believe, this is where wrestling starts and ends. Like, NXT have signed him from three weeks ago. That's that's what they've done. They've signed him from, like, last month and said, I'll be this guy instead. And you just, you just have to accept it. You just have to shrug and go, fine. At least like, I see Fame United are in singles well, matches. Why do I have to do this? But, like, on the same show, Apollo Crews is swearing blind that this is the same brand as it was six years ago. <laughs> I will say this. This vignette got me a... Uh, got me an idea for something that this character can do, but you have to save that. You've got to save <laughs> that. Don't spoil it. You've got to save that for the preview he's, next oh, week. He's, he's an Italian model stereotype. Careful with stereotypes. They don't, they don't just chuck that around on this show. Get to the main event. Carmelo <laughs> uh, Hayes and Grace and Bloody Waller uh, versus Solo Sokoa, but uh, he's brought someone with him who also wants to kick Carmelo and Grace's yes. And it's Apollo. Who c- Shh, I'm not talking to you, love. Um, right, uh, Waller <laughs> early on is in there against Solo Sokoa. He doesn't learn. Don't headbutt a Samoan. He does that. It backfires. Solo lays him out with a headbutt. Uh, Cruz comes in, slingshot sent on, and a 30-second delayed vertical suplex, uh, which was peaked by uh, Wade Barrett going, oh, put him down, will you? <laughs> Congratulations to him on hitting 100 shows. I believe he mentioned that on the commentary as Wade well. Wade Barrett. Wade, yeah. There you go. Well uh, done. Uh, anyway, Carmelo Hayes comes in, uh, catches Cruz with a spinning face plant to take over. Everything breaks down. Cruz hits a slingshot dive to the floor to take us to break. When we come back, uh, Sokoa's being dominated. Grayson Bloody Wall is stomping away. He hits that top rope elbow of his, gets a two, uh, puts him in a cross face. I like the fact that Trick Williams was trying to help... Uh, <laughs> Help Grayson Waller with this. Like, yeah. give him tips. <laughs> Thanks, Trick. Um, Sokoa eventually gets the ropes, uh, and he finally gets over to Apollo Crews for the hot tag. Comes in. He runs wild. And there's a, also a bit with a stare down between Mello and Solo Sokoa. Big punches, super kick. They both go over the top. Uh, Waller hangs Cruz on the ropes, and all this distraction allows him to go for that slingshot. Uh, not slingshot. That diving cutter of his that he does. Um, but... Carmelo Hayes catches him. Carmelo Hayes, sorry. Apollo Crews catches him uh, with that freakish strength of him. Power bombs him. One, two, three. And he celebrates with Solo Sokoa as the show goes off the air. I, like, I didn't mind the big picture intention of all of this. Apollo Crews comes back, says that he wants to be here, and then kind of sort of proves it by being a, a decent fella in this main event mix of people that he's never wrestled before. Like, that actually does back up what he said about, like, wanting to prove his worth about fighting Bron Breaker. He's positioned himself as a babyface. Does he stay that way? Can, like, Bron trust him? All that sort of stuff. Like, the match was not that much to write home about, but, like, I don't mind, like, the big picture intention of it. 
Yeah, I was just really quite... I think at this point, I could hear one of the children. It's the most adorable thing, in theory. Right? Years from now, I will look back and go, I will miss hearing that every single morning because it's so adorable, right? But my kids both, because Charlotte's learned from James, whenever they've woken up, right? It's so like, naff, but so sweet. They go, morning time, and it's like, ah, oh, it's like lush. And it, sometimes it's too early. Right? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's so fucking early. And uh, it doesn't really seem like cute. And, uh, but they made me kind of watch this with one eye open, not paying that much attention. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise because I was <laughs> yeah. just getting a bit bored of the show at this point. Oh, there's a really enjoyable main event. Excited to see what they do with the, with the Apollo Cruise next. Um, I don't know, a good win for Solo Sokoa. It, it helps his argument that he should be next for the North American champion. But let us know your thoughts on this show on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, take and follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilbur. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We're going to be back later on today to look ahead to AW Dynamite. But for now, this has been the NXT 2.0 oh, review. <laughs> My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.